Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. This week we're on the Next Generation episodes, The Battle and Hide and Q. As always, I am Ames. And I am Caitlin. And I am Jake. And I'm Chris. How do you feel? Whoa, contractions. Yeah. No androids here, motherfucker. Yikes. Void comp me all you want. What? Blade Runner. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, I guess Caitlin booted the turtle. We are on episode 60. Woo! Let me synopsize our episodes this week. The battle, we are... Waiting patiently, maybe not so patiently, for the Ferengi to get up back on the fucking phone and tell us <laughs> what the fuck they called us out here to do. When finally, Damon Bach comes up on the view screen and wants to congratulate the hero of Moxia with a Maxia something. Moxia? <laughs> the hero of Moxie with Ooh, a yeah. gift. You the gift is not Moxie. bottle of Moxie. Picard says, I have no idea what you're talking about. And they say, but you, you were the hero at Maxia. You destroyed a ship that happened to be a Ferengi ship. You just didn't know it at the time. So we're going to give you this awesome ship we found lying around in space. <laughs> a brand new car. <laughs> a brand new car left on the side of the road somewhere. That eh, still counts. So the, the brand new car happens to be the Stargazer, which was the ship that Picard used to be on. The ship that destroyed the Ferengi ship nine or however many years ago. And they say, hmm, I wonder what the catch is. I'm sure there isn't one. It'll be great. Let's head over and check out the Stargazer and see what's in this trunk of magic. The Ferengi <laughs> are known for their generous natures. They are. Yes. Meanwhile, Picard has been having headaches. And when he finds this old trunk in his quarters, next to all his random dead fish, the headache grows and pulsates more, and he gets all pissy about things. We learn eventually that the orb is being controlled by Damon Bach because his son was killed on that Ferengi ship yay many years ago. And this is him trying to get his revenge by planting this orb thing on the, the Stargazer so that Picard will go a little bit crazy and try to reenact the the events on the Enterprise. The events of which were he started the Picard move maneuver, which was where he does a short warp jump that causes the ship to appear briefly in two places at once, and then he can fire because the ship doesn't know which one is right, and something weird happens. Something. So he tries that on the actual Enterprise, but they know it's coming and can, and can predict, like, well, clearly that one's the real one. So we're fine. Picard destroys his orb machine when Riker tells him to. Damon Bach loses his command because his first officer became Biffles with Riker. Because who wouldn't? And end of episode, I guess. They can go on their way. Yep. Is that about right? Like a balloon and something weird happens. A lot of weird things happen. Mm. This is like the everybody wants to be Riker's best friend episode. Everyone always wants to be Riker's best friend. Yeah. Really? Why? Because he's got so much charisma. Mm. Yeah, but he'll get a plus two to the charisma once he grows the bearding. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I'm not that minus fifteen. He wraps it around his leg. His beard? (laughs) I was just thinking that. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, minus fifteen when he busts out the trombone. (laughs) I enjoy the trombone. In wow, in hide and cue. We're on our way to Quadra Sigma, where some colonists have been caught in a methane explosion? 
Good for them. Okay, I had missed. <laughs> I would say I had missed the fact that it was a methane explosion. So I was making all those fart jokes in that oh, episode without no. realizing so was, how appropriate it was. Was the methane explosion caused by like a bunch of kids lighting their farts with phasers? It was that girl that's dead now. So really, she deserved it. Oh, God, this got dark. So on the way to help them out and fix their stupid rocks that kept falling on their heads, Q shows up again, looking awesome and being great, Yes. and decides, we're going to play a game, because I'm interested in Riker, and I'm wondering if I, if I give Riker Q-like powers, what will happen to humanity? And something. I don't know. Q's reasoning is never clear, but he's always a joy. Mm. Uh, so he gives Riker these powers, and they have him and a bunch of the other crew up on this little fake green-skied planet that looked like it was straight out of TLS. Some weird beings from the French Revolution slash alien pig monsters attack. They kill Worf. They kill Wesley. Thank fucking Christ. Until Riker realizes, I can save everyone, and it'll be fine. And he does, and Wesley's okay, and rats. Picard gets very angry and realizes, Riker, you're doing godlike things. We know that this is bad from the Gary Mitchell incident. Don't do it anymore. And Riker says, okay, I promise. Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc. Buddy boy. (laughs) Meanwhile, time has started again, and they can head over to Quadra Sigma, try to rescue the people. There's a girl died tragically under some... Bits of styrofoam. Bits of styrofoam rock that Data threw out of the way for us. Thank you, Data. Thank you, Data. Uh, Riker, conflicted doesn't save her life because he doesn't want to use the god powers because of a promise he made to Jean-Luc, which troubles him immensely, and he asks for a meeting with everyone on the bridge, including Wesley, for no fucking reason, uh, and decides, okay, well, I have these godlike powers, and they're really troubling. Q, what should I do? And Q's like, well, you should give everyone a present because it's Christmas time or something. Yay. Because you're so kind. And he tries to give uh, Wesley the gift of... Being an adult and being taken seriously, which no one would do anyway. Not in that sweater. Ugh. Uh, he tries to give Data humanity, and Data refuses. He tries to give Jordy his sight, and Jordy refuses. He tries to give Worf a chick to bang, and he's like, not in front of everyone, guys. This is weird. Also, I refuse. And Riker, real- Riker learns something that day, and the morality tale of the show ends there with a, you should never, you know, bite off more than you can chew with the whole god power things. And Picard says, yeah, that's right. That's what I've been saying since the start of the episode. The end. And then Q goes away. Sad. Mm. Sad face. So we get uh, two um, repeat adversaries in the Ferengi and in Q. The Ferengi, Mm. still terrible. Yeah. Still bad. Still doing their little dance. Not Not as badly, though. Yeah. Like, like, when they're on the bridge, there's a little bit of it, but even the actors are like, this is dumb, and stopped. Mm. Thank Christ. They fixed their bottom teeth, at least. Yeah. That was something. They're getting there. And their their speech is even harder to understand now. (laughs) And, like, we know that it was out of character for Bach to give the Stargazer to Picard freely because of his Yankee traitor nature. And his two subordinates freaking the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, so here's the here's my question on that. What did the two other officers from the Ferengi ship think they were doing there? He presumably told them that they were going to try to, like, get something for the Stargazer. Yeah, they probably they were selling it. Yeah, because it becomes clear through the episode that they genuinely didn't know what he was up to. So he probably mm. said, you know... We're going to get the humans to give us something for this piece of shit ship of theirs. And they were like, yeah! Which is why they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, because there's no there's no profit in revenge. No, no, no. Which you know, common ground between humanity and Ferengi, even if for slightly different reasons. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Bach goes all con on Picard. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm like like that child in the next episode. Oh, whoops. <laughs> What, what bothered me was his little mind control doodly what's it. It seemed like it was supposed to be a piece of Ferengi tech. No, he said that like he bought it, like he spent a lifetime's Yeah, amount of money. Amount of money to buy The riches of a lifetime. Oh, I had missed or that. I thought he, he said. Yeah, no, it wasn't their tech. It was okay, good. Because the design of it didn't look at all like from what little we've seen of the Ferengi at this point, it looked human, you know? Yeah, and they're it, supposed to be like Barred from Silana on Frenginar. Yeah, so I was so okay. As long as it wasn't supposed to be a piece of Ferengi tech, because even though their aesthetic hasn't been fully established yet, it still didn't look right already. You know, yeah. it looked like it belonged on the Enterprise. Mm. You know what felt right? Getting the first of what I hope will be many "I'm all ears" jokes. <laughs> As you humans say, I am all ears. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got big ears. I loved it. I really, I hope that that happens a lot. And don't tell me. Wow. Don't spoil it for me. I, I hope we don't, don't see much more of the Ferengi uh, based on their Until we get to Quark. Because Quark is one of my favorites. Yeah, the Ferengi come into their own in DS9. They're, well, they're really not great here. He's the bartender, right? Yeah. He's always all ears. That's like his job. <laughs> his job is like 40%... Drinks and sixty percent mm. listening to tales of woe. He also, He's basically Doctor McCoy. That's why oh, you like him so much. That probably is. You'll like their ears until you learn what Umox is. But that's in the future. That's in the for future. now. That's several years from now. Um, Thanks, Jake. So this episode is, I know, sort of, I think, you know, semi-famous because you know the Picard maneuver and the constellation and this and that. But it wasn't great, actually. It was a bit. Slapdash. I mean, there were some good elements, like the whole reliving what was on the Stargazer yeah. was really cool. The effect looked really nice of having the the kind of ghost yeah, crew. Yeah, that was a good that idea. That was cool. Yeah. Like, a- aspects of it were executed well, but overall it just felt... Like you pointed out, Caitlin, like, Crusher should have been more concerned than she was, I think. About his headaches? Yeah. Yeah. He was clearly having stroke symptoms, and I know it's the future and we've mapped the brain. Listen, they've mapped the brain, they've done away with pain and the common cold. Like, and and I get the common stroke. And I get get that she was, you know, concerned. She kept saying she was concerned. But, I mean, you know, I don't want to start comparing, but I'm gonna. McCoy would not have stood for this shit. Hmm. You know, he'd have been way more firm in his no... Like, she even says, you know, she's the one person on the ship that can give him an order. And it's like, she should have been, like, way more strict with him. Yeah, the second she says that, he's like, that's nice, Bev, but I have things to do. Yeah, and it's like, uh, excuse me, Sunshine. Like, I'll get, I, I will grant him the one where the Ferengi are finally actually calling back. Because, like, you know, it's still early days. They're trying to get some sort of dialogue going with these this, you know, species. Yeah, we so, just learned what they look like, and they're always appearing in front of a pure white screen. Yeah, so, like, I get that he has to sort of be there for that, for the sake of diplomacy, but then he should have been confined to fucking sickbay. Like, well, well, also, I, can we talk about the fact that this, it, the fact that he's even having these headaches is so out of the ordinary that, you know, Crusher herself says how out of the ordinary yeah, they repeatedly. are. Yeah, repeatedly. 
Like, there's absolutely no way she's not, like, putting him in a fucking stasis field until she figures out what the fuck's going on. Well, and not to mention, like, her first... The first thing she does is, for this really unusual thing, is shoot him up with drugs that will stop the pain. Or stop stop him from from feeling Mm. the pain while it's still there. Because it seems to me, like, a lot... Sometimes, like, when you're treating, like... Mal- malady that is like unusual. They don't want Maybe. you to have pain, ca- malady. They need to. <laughs> they need to. Uh, they need you to have the pain for them to like understand what's going on. Mm, yeah. And you would think that if like getting headaches doesn't fucking happen anymore because we've you know, fine tuned the atmosphere in the ship to match your brain, whatever the fuck they've done, they don't really explain that. They don't explain how mapping the brain has stopped headaches. I think it means, I think what it means is that when we get headaches in our primitive times, we just assume, oh, it's just a fact of life. But in the future, they know that every headache is actually an aneurysm in progress. (laughs) I mean, Jesus Christ. What I don't get, though, is like, even if they understand better how to source and deal with headaches, that doesn't prevent people from getting them. Yeah, but they're all acting like it was weird that he even had one to well, begin with. It's maybe, like, what? Maybe there is an atmospheric answer. Like, there's percent of some kind of bullshit in oh, the yeah. air. Or, yeah, yeah. That's also possible. Although and, I feel like that's gotta be recent, because didn't Kirk get headaches all the damn time? Oh, but wasn't that like a hundred years earlier? That's because he was allergic to whatever makes your eyes bleed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what was that called? Retinax. Retinax, Retinax 5. So uh, it was interesting. Did you did you want to talk about the painkiller thing? Well, I don't know enough about the painkiller thing. So let's let's talk about what we know, which is probably very limited, and then the, our listeners can correct us where in our deficiency in medical knowledge. Okay. I have no idea how my, how painkillers work. Is basically what I'm saying. Well, because she basically so Crusher administers a painkiller, and he's like, "My God, the pain is gone!" And like, also, he's never had. He's never had to have a pain reliever before ever. Fine. Okay. No, like, no sports injury. He wasn't playing, he wasn't playing football, however you say that shit in French, and he never had to have... Would have been Parisi squares. French is an extinct language, remember? It's right. Very, it's true. But he he gets the painkiller. He's fucking mesmerized by the, the pain is gone. And she's like, no, it's just masked. It's cloaked. Mm. And yeah, I, am I wrong that that's just how painkillers work? Like, there's there's muscle relaxants, right, which helped you to like relax whatever is bunched up and fucking you. Yeah. But then there's like you were saying, Jake, right? Opioids. Opioids oh, yeah, they, just kind of like play into your brain, there's, there's, so you just right, don't so feel the different, shit. There's different types of painkillers, right? So that when you think of painkillers, like the things people get addicted to, they're usually opioid base right because they're the oxy they're work those are working in your brain and just making it so you don't the receptors that sense the pain and that trigger the pain response don't fire basically but the uh but i don't think give everybody that sounds because great it's super it's because, yeah because it'll fuck up your life and I pre- well and it's and bad for you if you can't feel pain you just like walk on well, a broken leg for a mile that, and i think you also grow a tolerance to it so yeah like over time like the same dose you know you need a higher dose for the same effect. Well, that makes sense. I mean, that's why heroin is so dangerous because Chasing you have to Chasing the dragon, yeah. as they say. Meow. But then there's like things like ibuprofen, which are like which is an anti-inflammatory. So like that actually Yeah. Is, is that the NSAID? Is it, is Advil an NSAID? I don't know what that is. I don't know why there. I just feel like you're not supposed to mix them with them. Probably. I feel like with this episode How do you feel? Wesley was even more shoehorned in than usual. Oh my god. Because yeah. it was like, 
he happened to be fiddling around with sensors, and then, oh, I glanced at this. Like, yeah, it almost feels like they'd written the episode, and he probably hadn't been in it. This? But then Gene was like, where's Wesley? And everyone was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, they've done away with headaches and the common cold, and apparently also doctor-patient confidentiality. This motherfucker just happens to see the brain scan, whatever the fuck that well, his listen, mom was listen, Wesley on. was looking for her porn. And oh, to be fair, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I read that uh, Will Wheaton Will Wheaton believes that this episode is when Wesley went from uh, being mildly annoying to audiences to being just full on hated. Well, here's yeah. I mean, because here's the thing, right? This is you the first. It's the Wesley X Machina <laughs> ship of professionals. Which, first of all, the professionals in this episode are shown being incredibly incompetent. Yeah. Because first of all, the doctor. Yeah. Like, the first thing you should think about is, you know, what kind of environmental shit could be going on that could be influencing this. Let's throw him in a Faraday cage and see, you know, maybe he's electromagnetic. I don't know. And then you have the fucking counselor being fucking useless again. Like, really... They haven't found a use for her. Why do they they need her character? Hey, 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 hey. I sense that he's in a great deal of pain. She told Tasha to hit mute at one point. Let's Mm. not downplay that. That's true. (laughs) But like, yes, yeah, yeah I, that's something you know. And I know I've said this before about the the, the writing for the female characters on this show. Female, female. Uh, but they might as well have been Ferengi female in this episode because they're fucking not doing shit. Yeah, they're the you know they're just written so useless yeah. and so incompetent that and, it's like, come on, guys. And did we really need the like? Oh yes, we heard that you employ clothed females. Like, do we really need that again? Yeah. We yes, saw that apparently. four episodes ago. Like, yeah. we we fucking get it. You're creepy, weird, misogynistic, horrifying little creatures. But like, yeah. so so you have that. But anyway, so. On this ship ostensibly filled with professionals. And Wesley. All it takes is one 13-year-old boy genius. The fucking kid is the one that figures out. And it's it's fucking insulting. Yeah, Data would do it. Data could, like, see a thing from across the room and realize, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It really, you know, this is something that the writers will eventually learn. I can... Oh, I hope so. But that for the first... You know, season and beyond, they re- like there must have been some directive from on high that said Wesley has to save the day every fucking time because that's basically how these shows go, and it's insulting to the audience because it's stupid and it's and it's like if I was an actor playing one of the other characters on the show, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the fuck am I even doing on the ship? I yeah. don't do anything. I fuck up my job, I treat the kid like shit, and then he turns out to be right every time. And then I have to treat him like shit the next week, and only to be shown that he was right again. Yeah. Was, so, like, was this some, like, push or attempt to try to make this, like, a more family-friendly show? Like, were they trying to appeal to the young nerds who were watching the the show? Well, I think there might have been, like, a concern that at that time you kind of had to have a kid. Because, keep in mind, we have, in 87, what do we have? uh, The Goonies, we have... E.T., we have all these, like, child-centric adventure movies. Was that, like, new in the 80s? Did they not used to do that before? Not... I don't think... 
Not really. I mean, there were certainly huh. movies that had kids in them doing things, but like, and then you had like, like short round, like you know, the the kid yeah. hero sidekick. Yeah, yeah, the kids, oh, it, was the kids who saved the day. Yeah. So like, there, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a time when one bite. when kids like in cinema, especially. You had, you know, oh, then like I'm pretty sure like was like Webster on at this time, no like, idea. like I don't know, like, I don't know what that is. I don't even know what a, that is. It was a TV show. When was Doogie Howser on? I think that was like the early nineties. I remember maybe about the same time, but same premise, right? <laughs> well, and I guess yeah. like also this was like the Punky Brewster and Silver Spoons era, which was like definitely. Shows that were centered around. Doogie Hauser is a better child prodigy than Wesley. Like part now. of me is like, I can't really see Wesley being a Gene Roddenberry creation because it just doesn't. No, he was. But I know he was, and that's yeah. what's weird to me. Is I that... mean, I think a lot of like the char- like the char- the main characters in uh, TNG. I read somewhere that are they're representations of him. Like Picard is his wizened uh, older self, and Riker is his younger tail chasing self, and Wesley is the boy with <laughs> infinite potential. I'm sorry. Did he ever is he think pretending he was... his old self didn't still chase tail? Because <laughs> I don't fucking believe him. Or yeah. that he ever got wise, for that matter. That's yeah, <laughs> a good point. I mean, he created Wesley. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, yeah, it, it it is weird to me though, just because for the original Star Trek, which was for its time pretty cerebral and yeah, I don't know, I, 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 a regular child actor on the original series would not have worked. Oh, it would have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's and like it just like I don't see how like he... I don't see how they figured this would. Yeah, no, like the the original was you know. It could be considered a family program because it never got too racy, yeah, or or you know violent or you know like anything it wasn't that wasn't too scary. Yeah, either. like anything that get got ever kind of like ooh, if there was a parent, they'd be fine. Well, but it's yeah, like, but in the sixties, were they that were they very concerned with? I don't know to be honest. Child probably programming because, but at the same time though, Doctor Who was around that same time ish. And that was very specifically a family program. Yeah, but that's also Britain, different standards. Yeah, you're right. Go on, sorry. Um, but yeah, yeah, they they knew they could make a family show without needing a kid character. It's like he forgot you don't need a kid to have something family friendly. But evidently, he wanted to have the kids. No, I know. Probably. Which is which yeah. I, like I say, it just it boggles my mind that that's what happened. And you know, like I'm not saying they couldn't have had the character. Hmm. I just think that the way the character was woven into some of these stories, so many of these stories, yeah, almost if almost. Every show in the first season has a strong Wesley arc involved in yeah. some way. Uh, like, except this said. one where it feels like they'd kind of forgotten. Well, yeah. Which but is they actually... still make him the hero. Yeah. He's the one yeah. that figures out what the thing was. Yeah. yeah. But it does feel like, you know, it had probably originally been other people. It should have been. Yes. I don't know. I also assume that they just taken Wesley's Wesley's Picard voice machine uh, <sighs> to, to like redo the the old log entry from the Stargazer. Yeah. It should have been. You know what? No, who should have figured it out? Data. Our hero, Argyle. <laughs> you know he has. Where was he, Argyle? He, he, yeah, he, him. he didn't do anything this these, this week in either <laughs> so episode. So weird. God, it's like they totally really forgot him. It's yeah. So weird. It's almost like. He's one of the big... It's almost like he's not a character. Three or something. <laughs> I'm really upset, I think. I mean, look, he... We should write letters to Paramount. <laughs> we should. Saying how much we love Argyle. Yes, we should. <laughs> Tell that story, Jake. Yeah, I just... I read this on the internet today that um, apparently... And again, I think this was like a, out of a memoir of... Uh, 
memoir. I'm saying it the, the John Malkovich way. Um, <laughs> a memoir by, I think, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. But uh, it's on it's on like the Memory Alpha page for Argyle, and it's about how um, evidently there was some suggestion that uh, they were going to make or planning to... Maybe they weren't going to make Argyle, but they were planning to make a permanent chief engineer character on the show. And and the actor, actor that played Argyle got wind of this, so pressured people to write letters to Paramount, you know, praising his character in, in support of Argyle, hoping that Paramount would see that and make him the new permanent chief engineer character. And they did. And the plan, he would have gotten away with it too, if it weren't for the fact that Paramount received the letters from, quote, fans before the Argyle episode had aired. Oh, whoops. whoops. So, <laughs> evidently, and then so they saw... How they did saw, he not wait? Uh, maybe he didn't know. I don't know. Maybe how, did he just, he, how did he trust the, U, the USPS that well? I don't know. He shouldn't have. So, evidently, Paramount was a little... Uh, not, miffed. Did you say little, miffed? I was going to say miffed. Miffed? Miffed? I don't know. I mean, either way, they looked at that and said, mm, maybe this isn't the guy. <laughs> but anyway, carrying on. So, the Picard maneuver. Yeah, I don't quite get it. I don't I quite don't get it. I don't get how no one had ever done it before. Because in retrospect, it seems kind of obvious. I don't how get how you make it that fools short? people. Yeah, that's like that true. true. I don't know, you know, I'm not a physicist. Something tells me that just wouldn't work the way they described. No. I can't imagine you'd be able to make that small of a jump. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, but if, at that rate, it would have to be... Because light travels fucking fast, people. Yeah. Like, how far away are they from the, the, the you know, the distant stargazer that it wouldn't vanish within milliseconds or nanoseconds, right? Unless yeah, they were, yeah. like, millions of miles away. That's what I don't get. Yeah, but also, like, like Caitlin, like you said, like such a short warp jump. That doesn't make sense. They've never been able to go like straight to warp nine before. Whoa. You've always got to rev up a little. Yeah. Well, it's not know. even just that. It's like to me, it's like I guess they could program the computer to just make us jump over there. But Jake gasped. Okay. Very brief. Spoiler warning, Discovery. Um, clearly, the Stargazer was equipped with a spore drive. There we go. <laughs> Could be it. Okay, and spoilers. You know what I I also read was that the Stargazer was originally supposed to be a Constitution class ship, and they would have just used the movie era era Enterprise. They used the movie era Enterprise bridge. (laughs) Actually, maybe that's what. Maybe they filmed the um, the show before they filmed the special effects shots. Probably. So that's why they because they clearly use the Enterprise A bridge from. Star Trek Four, mm. I think, from the end well, they, of Star Trek Four. They they filmed the show before they made that change because the they had to they changed the the ship to a Constellation class ship so that they could they could say Constellation over Geordi saying Constitution and his lips oh, would they mostly match. That, that looked, okay. Yeah, if you look, because I knew it was coming too, and you can see it's not doesn't quite work. I wonder if on HD you can actually see what it actually says on that plaque. If it actually says Constellation. Oh. Enhance. Would it question. say that on Enhance. Or? Well, I think that's what Jordy was reading it off of. Oh. I thought he was reading it off the plaque. He was, yeah. And I think the plaques usually do have the no, ship's plaque. No, Data was reading off the plaque, I think, wasn't he? Yes. Yes, he was. Oh. Yeah, he could definitely enhance. Yeah, and it's because his face wasn't to the screen. Oh. But, yeah. Yeah, though, no, I'd, I'd have to zoom in on that plaque. But uh, either way, and that would also explain why the ship model in Picard's dressing room was 
a constitution ship of uh, yeah. the Enterprise. Yeah. And, and it wasn't in, because uh, I, I was trying to see, but in, so in the Q episode, it was still a constitution class, but pretty soon that changes to be a constellation class. class. Yeah. Be Although, the way you can easily explain that away in universe is even just that what that was was just the Enterprise. Yeah. And you then. The you can explain that in universe is he broke his little ships. <laughs> Yeah, had to get a new one. But um, <laughs> you could see him getting the constellation one later because he'd sort of had that whole thing occur. And was like, I'm feeling nostalgic. Mm. But uh, that would have, admittedly, because I know I've talked about this before, I think. But like, we would have known that constitution classes were in service at least until the late 24th century, had they kept it as one. Yeah, which would have been interesting because I would have liked to see more of them. Mm. Speaking of the stargazer. So it got fucked up in that battle with that Ferengi ship that they didn't know was a Ferengi ship, and they had to leave it. And yet, when they get it back from these Ferengi that just happened to find it, it seems to be working okay. Really, quite fine. Well, like they, it can, yeah, I think they it can make. It up. Did they fix it up? Well, yeah. Well, because they had to like the Ferengi it, or the or the, the humans. Ferengi. Wow, the no wonder they were pissed that he was giving it to them for free. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> we've put so yeah, much money well, into restoring this well, yeah, classic constellation well, class Rock ship. Spent like a shitload of money on the mind control devices the and a shitload is, of money on fixing up the ship. They did just enough that it would work and follow Picard's commands, mm. but they didn't bother cleaning the bridge at all. Yeah. Still just dust everywhere and rocks, because starships are made of dust and rocks, mm-hmm. as the original series established. At well, least they if, got that continuity going. Well, yeah, yeah, but if they had a hole blown into their hull, of course there would be dust. Well, yeah, but it's just the fact that... Actually, I don't know. Would there be dust? Well, if you're also, in space, is there going to be space dust? Well, Maybe there's not. There's no saying that the bridge had a hole in it. Like, it could have been. Yeah. But yeah, no, it did seem to be in... Good enough shape that just like, did you guys actually have, you, you might have been able to fix that. Mm. I mean, fucking the original Enterprise limped away from worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's in the book I was reading, which I haven't picked up again, but because I have books. I know, sometimes I just read a chapter or two and I'm like, eh. But yeah, no, in the, in the first chapter of that book is the Battle of Maxia. Oh, cool. Told from both Captain Picard and Box son's viewpoints hmm. Hmm. but yeah so it goes into pretty good detail about what happened in the battle and i don't really remember any additional details but another kind of stupid thing actually now that i think of it like all right picard you've never called it the battle of maxia but this very important event occurred in your life in the maxia system you couldn't mm. have Put two and two together, and then it's like, oh, that's weird. Like, there's an old constellation class starship, and he doesn't realize, like, my God, it's the Stargazer. Until yeah. like they, it's like, come on. And I don't know if this is established in canon on the show, but at least in beta canon, he was captain of the Stargazer for 22 years. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Like it's not. But even without that, like he'd been captain of this ship. They've already brought up this event that involved the Stargazer, and then he's surprised that it's the Stargazer. Like, what? Yeah. Who wrote this? Um, Wesley. I'm surprised Wesley wasn't like, is that the ship where Ugh. Daddy got killed? <sighs> Did oh, Walter Koenig write this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that the ship Jack served on with him? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jack, yeah, Jack was an oh, officer. I mean, and he died before the Battle of Maxia. But, yeah. Um, Apparently, he died before, because if you notice, the crew of the Stargazer in Picard's Hallucinations were wearing 
TNG uniforms. TNG uniforms. But Jack Crusher, yeah. in future, which we haven't seen yet, but spoiler alert, Jack Crusher wears a movie-era style uniform. Ooh, Though without without the fun. turtleneck. Yeah, but the, the, the double-breasted thing. Yeah. Um, Something to look forward to. So, interestingly, during their time on the, you know, the, the, the uniform change happened sometime in there. Yeah. That's neat. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right, though. It does seem weird that Picard wouldn't have put two and two together immediately. Yeah. Especially, you know, because by now he probably should have figured, oh, right, that must have been the Ferengi having seen their ships now. Yeah. And also, not just was it, like, a huge traumatic thing losing his ship. He almost fucking went to jail over the damn thing. He gets prosecuted. We find that out a little later, too. But he ends up having a court-martial. As a result, All right, mm-hmm. we're jumping too far ahead. Yeah, but I mean, it, just, it is ridiculous that he didn't recognize. Yeah, no, that's just poor writing. And, you know, put it together. But I guess they hadn't. The writers hadn't established all that lore yet, as well. Well, they also apparently hadn't established that Captain Picard wasn't an idiot. This is also true, and that they also haven't established that Beverly Crusher is a competent doctor. Mm, true, <laughs> um, but she Do does. They ever? Uh, she does <laughs> shoot him up full of heroin and so put, much dicks on his forehead <laughs> yikes yeah i do i did find that also to be a little weird it's like yeah this brain scan is gonna take another 10 minutes fuck you are you kidding mccoy was able to grow back a kidney with a pill it's gonna take you 10 minutes to do this brain scan McCoy you have a- it all mapped out motherfucker mccoy was able to reattach a brain bit yeah. by bit okay yeah in in 10 minutes yeah i'm yeah. just i'm just saying just i mean saying. admittedly that was with crazy Knowledge, but it wore off halfway True. through, and then it was just him and Spock working together. Yeah. And... Spock telling him what to do while he was performing surgery on mm. him. Yeah, it's gross. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I also love that another part of the story. You know, what the day isn't just saved by Wesley, but it is. Well, it's saved, but an element of the story is dealt with off screen because the first officers became first officer bros. <laughs> one first officer to another. Like what? That's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty silly. But I did like that the reason why Bach was relieved of command was. Mm. Not incompetence, not, like, fucking shit up. It was because he was engaged in unprofitable behavior. Yeah. Which is the most Ferengi, like, reason to uh, to remove someone's command. Owned uh, an apparently very illegal item. Yeah. Like, the, yeah, the venture itself was unprofitable. That's the main charge. I like it. Yeah. That is appropriate. The Frungi still need to get more fleshed out. Apparently there were some scenes actually on their ship that would have showed, like, some of their culture and their... And stuff they do, but they got cut. Considering they don't have the Frankie quite figured out yet, that might have been for the best. Yeah, they wouldn't want to do anything they couldn't undo. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what it would have been, though. Hmm. Well, you would have found out the whole ship really is just a big white void. But I think it does contribute to the theory that the Ferengi are still just playing the parts Mm. of, like... Antagonists? Well, no, just, like, doing this antagonist and just, like, being a power, you know, being a galactic power. They're just... Because, you know, obviously Bach was playing the part, sort of like the daemon of the previous ship in the outpost episode but the other two guys like the whole time they're just like they don't understand they're like yeah you are just gonna give it to them you're gonna <laughs> we're gonna you know what are you just voguing that's what they do <laughs> like they clearly are just like 
they're more the, the two cronies there seemed like they were more of the uh, quark variety yeah. than other ones we've seen. Yeah, no, you're right there. They didn't have their creepy whip things, thank God. Darn. Yeah, no whips. They left their whips at home. I had such high hope for those whips. Mm. Well, right. you know, if you have comments or suggestions, Ames, they're all ears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the next episode, we do have a riding crop, if that's any... Speaking of the next episode, let's talk <laughs> about the next episode. <laughs> so yeah, Hide and Q, which is a strange title. Yeah, it's a weird Q title. They just have to Q. work fucking Q. Just, uh... They yeah. just replace any word in the title with Q. Hide and go Q. Yeah, I don't, it's... Because hide and seek is a game. Is a game, Ooh. and Q wanted to But play they're not game. playing hide and seek. Yeah, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're playing cops and robbers, or... I'd call it guess Q. It's oh, like guess, guess who? who? That game. Or connect Q. Mm-hmm. Or just risk. Yeah. But spelled with a Q. So R-I-S-Q. R-I-S-Q. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I like it. Yeah. There you go. Done. So in risk. <laughs> Q's back and Q's awesome. And Q gets all of the best fucking costumes. Dude, so many good costumes in this episode. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Well, I, I said it while we were watching. It's like they just said, you know what? Fuck it. He's just Trelane in this episode. Mm. He and that of, checks all my boxes. He kind of usually is. Well, this is, like, with the first one, they were trying to resist that. Like, in Firepoint, they're tr- like, he does all the costumes, but that's more to mock them because he's always in like some sort of military gear mm. and he still mostly is here but still or judge judge or judge you know but from there a dark part of the human past but this time he's a little more wacky and he is in you know like that that french field marshal uniform is a lot closer to what Trelane spent his time in that's true you know they definitely up the end like they made him more same time period too right when they both 18th, 18th century something like that sounds right but um like, they sort of upped his wackiness factor, was the first time they were kind of trying to have his... And he's, he was darker, you know? And even his stranger moments were tempered by this. But he's now becoming sort of what I think he's remembered as more. And again, like I said, it was just like, they went, fuck it, just Trelane him. Trelane. And at the end, he's even, like, pulled away, like, no! Actually, Mommy I feel like and Trelane was more, like, ancien, sort of opulent Louis the Fourteenth, Like, and which was before... Napoleon making Q the next generation. That's really smart. That's really good, actually. Again, this show is entirely me just shaking my head at people. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the viewers or the listeners don't get to see it. But yeah, he, he benefits from this, though, is the thing. Is is This is one time we're just kind of like, eh, fuck it, let's take inspiration from this earlier thing. Worked out really well. Oh, yeah, and, and John Delancey is delightful. So. Yeah, no, he owns it. Yeah. Okay, but like, is he going to play a harpsichord? Doubtful. Damn it. But he does become a three-headed snake monster. Yeah, that was weird. With ball. With attached ball. With yeah. ball. Which Only I'm unclear. Because he said he was supposed to be some sort of serpent. alien serpent. So I is it, it, it does the alien serpent have the one ball? Or does it normally have a body that the three heads connect to? Like, I, I, I need the to know. The world may never the know. The ball is the body. That's what I mean, though. Is the ball the body, or is it him being cute? You know, and it's like BB-8, so, like, the snakes, like, kind of hover above the ball, and the ball propels it forward in a series of magnets, and... There we go. I want that to And it's a practical effect. I do, too. I'd buy it. And then, yeah, then he's a Starfleet Admiral in the not-quite-final design of the Admiral's uniform. Yeah, design with swag trim. 
like it's like a garland on a Christmas tree. It was super yeah. The the final version does have like gold trim there, but nowhere near as bedazzled. Mm, Reminded me of that uh, up up in my hometown. They have like this new restaurant that is opened, and instead of having a normal sign with normal print, the fucking sign is like print on a sequined backing. It's just this gigantic sequined backing. Yeah, it feels like it's designed to cause people to have our car accidents. It's It's horrible. horrible. It's very distracting. And that's what I thought about Q's collar. But that's it. Yeah, Everything else was perfect. The the cut, I think, is basically final, but the... It looks like it's strangling his neck. Maybe that's the the snake from his other form. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah... Mm, I was not uh, in a wharf in this episode. Was there's was a lot of wharf going on, mm. a lot of growling, a lot of wharfing around, a lot of wharfing around, <laughs> a lot of banging women. This is your idea of sex? Yeah, I'd say Jordy was really into that. He was like, "Tell me more later, wharf." Yeah, like Jordy, like Jordy. Like, why are they having like foreplay on the bridge? Like, here's the thing, right? So Jordy Riker gave Jordy his sight. Mm-hmm. As his gift, really, all Jordy wanted to do, well, he wanted to be with Wesley, clearly. He was very impressed. Yeah, what did he say? He said, like... He's like, not bad, Wesley. Yeah, Mm. it was something like that. It was really sketchy. That's a piece. And aren't they good friends in the show? No, him and Data are good buddies. They're friends as well, I think. But I mean, Well, right now, I think technically everyone except Picard is kind of friends with Wesley. Worf doesn't like him Yeah, that's right, because Worf is sensible. Everyone but... Riker doesn't seem to like him. Riker, no. Riker claims he's a friend. Yeah, they've had these long conversations. That's how he knows. Yeah, but he's a bad friend what because maybe they're good friends. conversation are they having where Wesley's like, I'm only dreaming like to be a big boy. Also, let's be honest. Wesley's 13 or 14 or whatever the fuck. His dream, his one wish... Touching a titty? Yeah, like he should have just... They're just... Basically, ah, uh, yes, my friend, your greatest dream, and just a fucking tit that takes up the entire bridge, <laughs> and fucking Wesley just jumps on and is like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it just, you know what it should have been? It should have been the dancing girls from the Shore Leave planet. Ooh. Like, literally, it just should have put Doc's one. not done with them yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 60 years, he's still going. He can, he can he's make... the Energizer, White Rabbit. Oh, no. Wow. But yeah, that, like, really, like, Wesley, girls, Jordy. A girl and a guy. Worf, creepy girl. Uh, what else? Data. Well, he was right. Data wanted to be human. Picard, So he hair. can be with girls. Hair. <laughs> See, like, I don't think that... He can be with Worf's... girls as a robot, too, and yeah. I've proven we that. Know. Like, I don't He's think... trained. I really don't Many think... techniques. Riker knows Worf <laughs> very well. No. For the woman thing, because that's indefinitely... Like, Worf... Like, really, if Riker wanted to give Worf what he wanted, he would have, like, gave Worf enemies to fight. Like, the turbo lift would have opened and a 20 Romulans would have piled <laughs> yeah. or something. I, that would have been a great scene. It would have been like the orcs on the bridge in that medieval video we were watching. Yes, yes, That's like Worf's dream. Yes. We'll have to link to that. Yes. Yeah, what is so this it makes sense. can you share it? Uh, yes. it? Basically, it was just this guy like playing a video game and when you would throw these orcs off of a cliff, they would make this great noise. <laughs> and so Sounds like Worf. He, Yeah, exactly. And so they would be warfing around. At any rate, he used like console controls to make a bunch of them and then like hacked away at the bridge and then a shitload of them fell. So all of them were like, Because they only had recorded like one screen one sound. <laughs> so fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a great video. But yeah, uh, I think that's, that's Worf would have been happiest yeah. if he could have been the real life version of Medieval. That, or it would have been like 
Well, see, it's because they haven't established this about him yet. But it would have been like his father would have reappeared and hugged him. And then, Aww. like, Kalis would have appeared and said, Your honor's back! Hooray! Mm. But either way, yeah. Like, at this point in time, because that's not established, 20 Romulans to murder. Not yeah. random woman to beat the shit out of on the bridge yeah. and weird... I realize Worf is really fucking full of himself because when he charges back after, you know, Viker phaser something on the planet, mm. and he charges back and they're like, wow, Worf, that was fast. And he says, oh, a warrior's reactions. Worf, <laughs> fuck you. Mm. Yeah, the, the pig monster... Uh... Why weren't they just Tellarites? Why weren't they just people? people yeah. Like, why have the weird... Oh, I mean, it should have just been people to begin with, but... If you're gonna do a pig monster, you've got an existing pig monster. Yeah, but those masks were really bad, and they're trying to improve on that. Yes, but they could have made them better now. They actually make them really well at Enterprise, but that's a long ways off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. The pig monsters, like, yeah, there was no reason for no, them to be monsters. No, they could have saved themselves money and just had people. Yeah. Also I mean, because... I mean, did you see how shitty the makeup was? Though? Yeah, like, was They wouldn't have been saving themselves that much money. Yeah, there was, like, one, the one... Like, I know, obviously, Tasha's makeup was pretty distracting. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of bad yeah. makeup in this episode. on the people, like, too, you're right. But, like, on, uh... Oh, you were, oh, yeah, you're still talking about the pig monsters, but, yeah, you said No, makeup. but you're right, in general. Yeah, Tasha's yeah. makeup was distracting. What well, was it really was like they, re- it's like they didn't... They didn't put any makeup on her forehead whatsoever. It was like everything else they had got, but not her forehead. Well, also, did you notice when Q masqueraded as Data? Looked good. He looked, he looked fine, but like, like his face and most of his neck was Data colored, but they stopped it trailed off about yeah. like halfway down his neck. Yeah. So they like clearly like didn't do like I'm sure they if they had done like his tor- upper torso, which is probably what they do with Spiner. Yeah, I'm sure. And they probably do, like, you know... Up through, yeah. Yeah, like, well, at sure. least a quarter, his hand and a quarter way up his arm, and... Yeah. I'm sure Spiner's costume also has, like, some kind of, like, makeup deflector. Not deflector, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like some sort of... Makeup yeah. retardant. Yeah, yeah, something so that it doesn't get all over the collar and shit, whatever. Mm, yeah, maybe they didn't want to ruin... Cause they, God, uh, all clothes should be made of maybe that. Maybe they didn't want to ruin, like, the only... Spare costume. Spare yellow shirt costume that would fit someone uh, Delancey's size. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. They uh, they did his hair right in this one. After getting it wrong in the first scene. The first I can totally was see a costumer doing that. I'm sorry. Now now that you've mentioned that, like, I'm actually <laughs> like, why. I'm like a costumer. Is like, they're like, wait. They're like, they order, like, okay, yeah, we do. We have this, we have this one jumpsuit that will this fit, that will fit Delancia, you know? We, we got it. And they're like, okay, all right, put the spider makeup on this costume. We're just like, no, what the fuck are you doing? You can't put makeup on his neck. That's my one fucking costume. That's possible. <laughs> it's probably true, honestly. That actually reminds me, and I'll keep this short. They actually only had one version of, oh God, I've forgotten his name, Harold Ramis's suit. That he wore in Ghostbusters. Not his, like, Ghostbusters jumpsuit. His, like, civilian just suit with the tweed jacket. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was listening to the audio commentary, and, like, the costume designer was freaking out when they were doing the scene where the roof oh. blows off the uh, firehouse. Because she's like, all right, just don't let it land on his jacket, please. It is literally the only one. Oh, Jesus, and we still need it. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, actually, that stuff does happen. So You know who else looked terrible? Was Troy? Troy was Troy's... in this episode. Oh, was it the last episode? It was the last episode? Yeah, she oh, son of a bitch! You're, oh, you're right. Yeah. Well, no wonder this was such a she great episode. She was written out of this episode because I guess they didn't have enough for her to do or something. <laughs> that um, do, they, do they ever? Yeah. Yeah. Thing, and I'm thinking though, like the episode where Riker gets God powers, they decide to leave out his ex. 
Well, because wouldn't it be kind of weird, be really weird if he was like, hey, baby, I know what you want. And he just gives, I know he just gives her the D. Well, so like, like, I don't know. Well, like, that's, it doesn't even have to be that. But, like, that's what I, like, that is a huge sort of, the one time you could have done something interesting with her character. But they would have fucked it up. They would have done it wrong. It yeah. would have been creepy and sexual. Well, you could have even right. had Q bringing Troy to the planet. Yeah. You know, to the planet with the pig monsters, you know, from wherever she was. You know, because you could have still had the concept that, oh, yeah, she's not on the ship. We dropped her off to do something. But then, you know, maybe Riker's reluctant to use his powers until Troy, you know, Q brings Troy and then she mm. gets hurt. Yeah, that would have been good. And that's maybe what inspires him to actually use the powers. Yeah. You know, because as 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 wonderful catharsis as it was to watch Wesley get bayoneted through the back. Yeah. Um, and it was. For Riker, at least, I think having Troy in danger would have been a bigger uh, a bigger motivator. Yeah, and like, I think if anything, you know, if, if his realization maybe could have been driven more like by her being afraid of him what he was becoming or something. That would have been... As opposed to everyone else just being like, you seem kind of like a dick now. We don't want your shitty gifts. Yeah. Which, I do... I gotta say, I don't see any of them really giving up any of those gifts. I could... Maybe Wesley. Yeah, because that, that is a little weird. Yeah, because he's... He's a so you're a grown but you're a grown man now. Good job, Wesley. You're but a you're, real boy. Um, but you're mentally thirteen. But you're still. mentally thirteen, so you're just gonna be the most awkward thirty year old man in the world. And you're gonna He'd be, be making, a Star Trek fan. And, he, Ouch. And you're gonna make all the mistakes that thirteen year old boys do, but while in an adult male's body, which yeah. means that you're gonna try a cup of boob and be like, yeah. oh. The first time he's with a woman, he's just gonna jizz immediately. It's like, oh Maybe god, this has never anyway. happened before. But yeah, I don't, I like, why? I don't believe, though, the rest. Like, I could see Data refusing humanity like he does, I guess, maybe. Yeah. But I don't, there's no real good reason, especially considering, you know, in the naked now, he was all bent out of shape about not being able to see, like, a person, that Jordy, there's no good reason for him to give up his eyesight, you know? Except to teach Riker a lesson. Well, Jordy's like, the price is too high, which I guess the price is... One dollar right. bomb. Well, the price yeah. is the price is Riker being uh, vindicated <laughs> Riker. At, as yeah as someone who can have these powers that he shouldn't have. But like again, it goes back to just that whole ending scene not making a lot of sense from a storytelling perspective. I feel like mm. like the idea that Riker couldn't save the little girl, like that was. A decent motivation for him to be upset about his not using his powers. I mean, when you think about it, though, given the scale of the power he now has, that's not even thinking big enough. Well, yeah, he could have prevented the whole incident. Yeah, he could have undone the whole thing. He didn't just not save one girl. He didn't save, like... Because earlier they said there were some 500-odd people mm. on that, in that facility. So he just didn't save, like, 485 yeah. people. 90% Wait, of the really, population. You know, and again, this is me going back and doing rewrites on a 30-year-old script. But, you know, really, he should have used some power. He should have exercised his power and then got to see the consequences. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a, you know, a situation where he does save the planet but there is th- but something unintended happens and it turns yeah. out to be worse who knows I yeah know, I mean know. he has power over time and space he can go forward and find out that little girl ends up being Hitler too yeah 
Wow. Or something, you know? Um, like, well, it's the future now. Even women can be Hitler. <laughs> That's how far they... How far, far, far thinking they are those days. Hashtag feminism. Oh. Kind of stole that. This is the future the libs want. <laughs> no. uh, a character in the do, I mean, there are feminazis, I'm told. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Caitlin's shaking her head. There's um, a lot of that this episode. Yeah. But it's not usually, it doesn't yeah, really I, come from, my, from me, know. does it? It's usually, that's usually your job, you and Chris. But the episode is a great idea, but some of the, ex- actually, most of the execution I'm okay with, but the resolution's a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah, that's really where I'm at, too. I just think that it's, a, it's not realistic to me that, A, everyone gave up their gifts, and, B, that them giving up their gifts was enough. For Riker to completely change his tune. Yeah. Mm. Like I that. Know, for for the, the TNG we've seen so far, it's so it's pretty okay. No, yeah, oh, yeah, it's no, it's still. Yeah. It's a I like it. an episode. I like it. I just feel like they didn't stick the landing. Yeah. yeah. Just makes me want to watch more of it. That's where I'm at right now, is I just want to keep watching more. And I know I have to wait until we record again, but I'm just like, I want to watch more right now. It's a sign, at least, just watch, that... Just watch a, a Trelane episode again, and I think you'll be there's, there. There's a future episode that does, like, literally the same thing. And I think it does it better hmm. than The this. Getting God Powers? Yeah. The Gary Mitchell episode? Yeah, yeah. Or the Who's the Guy in Plato's pretty, Children? Pretty, I mean, it's, pretty, it's, another, it's another Q episode, and it has a very similar premise. Um, well, in Plato's Stepchildren, it's... Basically, it's all the locals, and then Kirk eventually gets them because yeah. of the injection. Oh, and Christopher? Who was the... the Alexander? Uh, little, Alexander. Alexander. Did they actually give him the powers? Again? He refused. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to be a dickhead like them. Better version of this idea. I love yeah. that episode. That's a, we should, yeah. I should rewatch that. That would make me feel better. But yeah, it's um, you know, it's definitely a sign that the writing is getting, I think, better. Yeah. Because I yeah. think that the core idea is really good. The execution is mostly good. Like, they just, the very end, it's like, eh, I don't the, know if the, I ex- the execution of all the Shakespeare quoting was way better than <laughs> Undiscovered Country. Yeah. <laughs> Leaps and, and bound. And which had years yeah, before. Which hadn't three, happened four, yet. Three, four years before? Sort of like before. This was 87. Yeah, so four years mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, this is the same time... This is about the same time Star Trek V was out, right? That was, like 80, that was 88. Oh. So that was... Mm. So, so 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 six was like a reaction to TNG. They're like, we you, know, our game. you know, they didn't seem to like that thing about finding God. Maybe they like I know. Let's quote Shakespeare. They seem to like that a lot <laughs> in TNG. Like you know, I just uh, uh, Picard likes Hamlet. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're doing some good stuff here. They're establishing Picard as sort of a intellectual with the pretentious snob. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know, like I said in the last one, but even before the last one, like Picard. Yeah, Picard hasn't seemed really on the ball much yet. He's the Watson of this show. Crazy, he doesn't seem too bright. It's like, I know what he becomes, but right now, holy shit. Yeah. Like, he's as grumpy as early Kirk, but without any of the, like... Competence? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, it doesn't seem justified. It's like, oh. I don't know, I bet if you gave him his chance, he'd be able to jettison Finney really <laughs> well. Jettison Wesley, Jettison Wesley. I don't know, I just, That's I the new like, Kobe, Kobe, Kobayashi Maru. I feel like this episode could have done so much more in terms of character building for Riker. Mm-hmm. And Q. Well, and in terms of like the morality aspect. You know, if Data anything, could have worn less clothing. I did. I'd be okay with that. I liked this episode. That said, 
I'm not sure I feel it was a very strong script. I don't feel that the execution was very strong. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this that John Delancey carried this episode. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, there was, oh a, sure. there was a question. I forget who asked it. They say, does Q have an identity of his own? That's actually That's really good. That's very interesting. Yeah, because yeah, he does nothing but, like, mimic other people. He does nothing but, like, go into human yeah. brains and, like, act out like, their history and dress in their costumes and, and poke fun at their easily poked fun of logic well, and stuff. Well, that's... The thing that is interesting, that is at sort of at the core of this, even if it's not explored quite as well, they talk about how humanity, the reason the humanity interests the Q is because they're always changing, mm-hmm. as they put it. And you think about it, like, humanity in the world of Star Trek is actually a relative newcomer to the galactic scene. Mm-hmm. Like, humanity's been bopping around space for... Fuck, what? 450-some-odd years? Well, no, what? Did you mean us? Like, present-day us. No, no, I, I mean starting from, like, the first warp flight, which is 2070-something? Yeah, it's like 2070, so about 300 years, right? Yeah, whereas, like, everyone else, it seems, has been kind of around a little bit more. Mm. But there's something, because this is always the case in science fiction and fantasy, there's always, sorry, there's always something special about humans. Mm. And it's interesting because God knows how long the Q have been these hyper-evolved beings. Do they know the Vulcans? That's what I mean, they must. Yeah. But the Vulcans don't interest them. Hmm, I think that must piss the Vulcans off, but they can't show it because they're Vulcans. Well, because the Vulcans don't change, though. They still follow all their own bullshit traditions. Well, that's what I mean. Like, other species, because I was thinking about this, other species obviously do advance technologically. But when you do look at it, you know, and mostly this is because of budgetary concerns and whatever, but, you know, the Klingons are still using the same bird of prey design that they were using a century ago. They're still using the same battleship design. We eventually see, like, one extra Klingon ship in TNG, but you don't see it that much. Ah, I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to get at, but it's like, you know, whereas human stuff changes so rapidly and frequently, whereas, you know, Vulcan meditation robes will look the same for fucking until the sun goes out. The point here, sorry, right, I now remember what I was getting at, is like, we don't know how long the Q have been this mass energy entity thing, Mm. but... They've clearly been stagnating probably since they hit this higher point of evolution. So they have no culture of their own. These other cultures that we see, you know, tend to have a very... They have a very monolithic culture because, again, that's just what science fiction and fantasy do. If you're not humanity, your whole culture is identical. You know, there are just all the Vulcans. They're all the same. Mm. All the Andorians are the Andorians. The Tellarites are the Tellarites. The Klingons are the Klingons. You know, they all... You've met one, you've met them all. So I guess that's, you know, why humanity is interesting to the Q, because humanity actually has varying personalities and ways of being, and because they're more... They, they are sort of shown as, I guess, the only species, at least the major ones, that kind of does care about exploration in some way. Like, the Klingons are warriors. They explore for the sake of conquest. Probably I don't know. Same... I, feel like, I feel like in some of these cases, we just, where our sample size is shit. Right, but so... because this is all we have to go on. Yeah. Like, the Vulcans, it's weird that they explore at all, because... They're exploring just out of pomposity. Like, yeah, like, more, yeah. We need more things to do. Yeah, whereas everyone else... We need more areas to know more than anyone else about. Yeah, yeah. Stat. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think, really, the Q... We, we can't take anything Q says at face value. No, because he's a liar. Well, he's a huge liar, and I don't know that... I don't know that he's... Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, for all we know, he's not nearly as powerful 
You know, he could just be a charlatan, you know? For all a flim-flam man. A flim-flam man. I loved that. That was so good. <laughs> I want to call people a flim-flam man. He could be man. a flim-flam man, you know, with, you know, a lot of a lot of cool tricks. Well, yeah. Well, we've seen lots of species, you know, speaking of Star Trek V, the god creature in mm. that movie, right, was a, was a, a god-like man. thing, but he was a flim-flam man. And, you know, we've seen other right. flim-flam men. The devil, you know. In... Well, and being more powerful than humans doesn't necessarily mean that you're the be-all and end-all of power. Yeah, humans right? are really like, easily not... beaten by things. But he, he, it doesn't mean does he's omnipotent. seem to have a vast amount of control over space and time. Well, all right. I mean, if he's faking that, I don't know how. Yeah, but I mean, he might... But, yeah, but time that is might like be... a man-made construct. But that man. might be what he has, but... That could be. That doesn't it. put him in a position of being the judge. We, you know. we learned just recently uh, that time and space and thought are one and the same, mm-hmm. but have to forget it because it's too advanced. Yeah. I'm inclined to think that he didn't even have the ability to give Riker any powers. I don't think Riker had any powers. I think so that he, way the gifts were also shitty. Was because yeah. Q was just guessing what they would. Well, want. yeah, no, I think maybe like Q. Was you knew know, what Riker wanted to do? Yeah, like could tell what Riker. You know, maybe he has some mind capability. Maybe he did have Troy. He could maybe, sense it. Maybe Q has just been Troy in disguise. That's why she's. <laughs> have they ever been in the same room together? Hmm? Yes, oh. yes, yeah. they have. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, in that case, I was a good theory. But he's got control over space and time. He could easily be in two places at once. Sure. Yeah, much um, like, like the Enterprise. The, the, yeah, the, the, the card maneuver. The card maneuver. Yeah. Like, just, that thing just that you running. came up with. I was gonna be like. When they first said, like, you know, it's where you came up with, you know, whatever. And I was like, the Vulcan hello? No? Not the Vulcan hello. Okay. Well, here's my here's my belief. Like, so let's rewrite the ending of this episode where they, everyone's like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep this gift. I like to see. I like having a big dick and I like this broad. And Data's <laughs> like, I'm a real boy. And everyone likes their gifts. And Riker's like, cool, all right, awesome, Q. I'll join your continuum. I like to imagine that the end of that episode is... Right, or Q just completely pulling the rug out. Like, I can't imagine Q going through with this. Yeah, let's let Riker be a Q like me. Yeah, well, I can't let the Q win over the humans. Well, yeah, that's why it ended yeah. the way it did. Well, yeah. Okay, but did you fair. see how Q looked at Riker? There was romance in the air. Yeah, when I they were on that planet together, and like Q's like this arms is, folded. I need some. I need them to touch dicks. Let's say this. This is the most touchy dicks we've had since the original series ended. Yeah, I know. Sure. I'm, I'm. It's good to be back. No. I do kind of wonder if originally they were going to have Data turned into a human and then he was going to reject it, but they just didn't feel like dealing with, like, getting him, like... Out of magnet, out of um, metallic-looking makeup. Well, well not, I mean, they could have just filmed that at the beginning of the day. But that's what we're like... If they they just still would have had to have made him up, though. Like, yeah, um, like, they were not getting him out, but, you know, filming him normal. But then, like, okay, now everyone stop for four hours while we get him into the makeup we normally get him here at 5 a.m. for. Well, they could have done it. I mean, they did it with Q in the episode. Right? That's true. That's true. But, but they, they did didn't it paint him all the way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah actually, I don't think they paint. I don't think they paint uh, Data all the way. down. No, I didn't mean. I meant to like <laughs> I mean, way great. down his chest. <laughs> Lift your cock. All Time right, for us to paint your balls. Are you sure it's necessary to get the taint? Like I'm pulling it all the way up here. Am I the makeup artist? Oh yeah, it's necessary. Just hold still. Sorry, I've just tickled us a little. Uh, we call it a silver eye on robots. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've 
obviously covered all the important <laughs> bits of Brent Spiner and Bond's paint. Yes. <laughs> any any other any other thoughts on this one? I was going to talk about Tasha Yar, but I feel like that's a that's a trap I don't want to walk into. Well, well, what specifically? She didn't well, really get to do much. Well, she gets she gets removed from the planet to yeah. her penalty box, where right. she's on the bridge, and she has a fucking existential crisis. Yeah, she yeah. has a major meltdown. And considering, like, what, in Code of Honor, she gets kidnapped yeah. and forced to, like, be the, the next fiancé of, of their fucking leader. Well, I think it's interesting, because that's, in all those other situations... You know, to some extent, she could probably feel like... She had some control. She could get out of this. This is, you know, against some sort of, as far as they know, omnipotent being. I mean, this is also, like, I felt like she's not in control in this case. Like, she's literally, her life is in someone else's hands. Yeah. And do you trust Worf? No. No. Mm. I, uh, but again, I think this goes back to what Jake said a few weeks ago, where it's like, they. Re- it seems like the only character they had any concept of was her. Because she has this sort of not brilliantly acted, breakdown, and her and Picard kind of have this moment, which is enough to have sort of Q show up and go like, oh, fine, you're not in the penalty box. Yeah. And fuck off. And it, it, it's it's weird. It's kind of out of nowhere. It's fascinating, but it's like, you know it's never going to amount to anything in retrospect. Yeah. It's so, like, yeah, it's bizarre. Are you saying that because you know Tasha Yar isn't going to last as a character? Yes. Or, yes. well, you didn't know that when the one was aired. No, I know, and neither did the writers, I'm sure. Although it does seem like they're giving her less and less to do, though. Like, they're only, yeah. what, nine episodes in? Yeah, Ten I mean, yeah, episodes she, she, in? Yeah, she was trying she was, to give, uh, make, give the rest of the ensemble. Like, they're giving Worf more than yeah. Tasha less. Well, yeah, they, they should, they, her moments in this were to have this sort of small breakdown. What would her And be ogled by Jordy. Um, that kitty cat she liked. Aww. Or actually, it, like Worf, just a bunch of people to kick the shit out of. Specifically, yeah. the people that terrified her as a child. Just stab, stab. stab. Yeah, she, and what was with that weird stare from Jordy? She would have for like way too long. Why is he such a cretin? Because she was, yeah, was like, weird. I don't know, the youngest woman on the bridge at that point. And then Jordy's like, "What did Jordy say to Wesley? Not bad, <laughs> Tasha. <laughs> Not bad, Tasha." Wow, you, you guys are said. you guys are tired. I'm very tired. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pretty punchy myself though. It's... Well then, I suppose this has been a star to steer her by. Now that you mention it, did we mention it? I don't think you have. No. I did. Uh, <laughs> so we will be back next week, in which we will be reaching the mid-season break of season one, uh, as we cover Haven. And the first holodeck-centric uh, shit goes down in the holodeck episode in okay. The Big Goodbye. Um, it's a long so title. The is. Big Goodbye? The Big Goodbye. Okay, so The Long Goodbye was a Philip Marlowe story. It's a play. It's a, but this is a... Isn't this Sherlock Holmes, though? No, it's Dixon Hill. Is that meant to be Philip Marlowe-like? Yeah. Marlowe-esque? It's, like, it's a noir. It's a noir detective. Oh, so, when do we so get is, the is it Picard? Is it Picard's dream, then? Yeah, Picard. Because Picard, okay. yeah. I always associate Holodeck with Data. But yeah, that's I know not until that, later. That's a Pulaski episode. That's All right. Until next year. The All right. extra large goodbye. The <laughs> giant sayonara. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and speaking of sayonara... This has been a star to steer by. I, of course, am Jake. I'm Chris. This has been Ames. And I'm always... No, shit. And this is always Caitlin. Great. I did it out of order, but 
Since we're here, we might as well continue. Of course, you can find and like us on Facebook at A Star to Steer Her By. We're also on Twitter and Tumblr at SSHB Podcast. Download our podcast on iTunes and, of course, give us a rating and a review that you feel is appropriate. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell uh, everyone. Go post us on the internet on some unknown weird form so we get a lot of weirdos commenting on our stories. Uh, not that you guys aren't weird enough. But anyway, uh, so that's really all we have. So until next time, catch you on the flip side. That is not the new tagline. Be sure to spay and neuter your Wesleys. <laughs> okay with that. What about your pig monsters? No, you can let them what fucking... three-headed snake balls? No, let them go for it. Right. They need to procreate. They're endangered. Mm, Argyle killed a yeah. lot of them that time. I don't. I don't really like the flip side... Sign off either. Good. How about this? How about no, what the fuck is it that Picard says? Like, well, I feel foolish. No, 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 no. When when Every Riker time. when Riker's like, oh, now I feel foolish. Well, you should. Well, good, you should. My <laughs> bad, Sean Connery impression is uh, always for Picard. Always. Oh no! Oh. your specter against mine. I don't even know what you just said. I don't know either. Neither did Something neither did about Connery. His sphincter. <laughs> I see it's your sphincter against mine. Your brown eye. <laughs> you couldn't stop recording at any time, Chris. I don't know. I'm no, this is this. blackmail. He knows that one of us might try to be a politician someday, and yeah. he's making damn sure that'll never happen. Uh, good night! And good luck. That's original, right? You know, I... Oh, I think no. it's, I take take umbrage with the oh BB 8s a practical effect because like I know that they did have a practical robot that they shot in some scenes mm-hmm. but let's be real eighty percent of BB eight is, is CG for in sure that movie. for sure yeah it's I, have, a I don't and I, and I know in the new movie there's a little fucking like rodent thing uh, a uh, rodent thing. Yeah, did you see the... They, oh, the Porgs. They did an ad for it. Oh, the Porgs. You I'm, all, I'm already... I don't know, it looks them. like a little... It looks like a little, like, it Chewbacca's like a dick. Penguin thing. thing. It's like yeah. Chewbacca's dick. Right? They're adorable, and I love them. I hate um, them. I don't envision that that's what Chewbacca's dicks look... Dicks, the dick... Um, I don't think Chewbacca's dick looks like that's that. That's what I was trying to say. Way, Chewbacca's dick is just... It's just a man dick. It's just a big man dick. Oh, no. <laughs> Anybody. Under all that fur. <laughs> Can you imagine if he tried to trim his pubes, he would just have this one bald spot and this big, weird man dick? <laughs> anyway. Can someone, can someone please do, like, a fan art of No. Chewbacca? No. Jake. No. With With his Jake. I'm sure it exists. I'm saying, I'm sure it's exactly what I was going to say. Look it up. Go on DeviantArt and you'll find it. You're right. It probably oh, yeah, is out there I'm somewhere. Sure anyway. We have to do Yikes. some research now. Christ. Yikes. What the fuck were we talking about? I don't Chewbacca's remember. dick.